guys so much for joining us today. We are here for our August Coffee Connection, and we are so excited to have Alexandria Porter with us today. We're going to be discussing lactation and World Breastfeeding Month, National Breastfeeding Month. World Breastfeeding, Breastfeeding Week and okay. National Breastfeeding Month. There That's why you're in the lactation counselor. <laughs> um, coming up, we also have a few more Coffee Connection events. So our next Coffee Connection will be with Caitlin Johnson of PCOS Fertility. And we'll be going over how she has helped many families work on fertility issues, um, specifically with PCOS and then other dietary changes and recommendations that she has. In October, we'll be talking about bereavement support with Brittany Randolph. And then in November, we have Tinkle Bell Diaper Services um, presenting cloth diapers and other alternatives that we could use um, to help be a little more eco-friendly. Um, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, December, we can do something in person. We'll see what the world is doing then. Um, but that's our goal. Just a reminder, the Central Coast Childbirth Network, our mission is to provide a diverse network of birth and wellness professionals who are committed to inform, educate, and advocate for the individual needs of Central Coast families from preconception through the first year of parenting. These Coffee Connection events were created to help make sure that our members knew about other resources from other members so that that way we could better serve our families. So if you ever have any questions about any of the speakers, that we have had on the Coffee Connection, or if you need to share your own information through Coffee Connections, let us know. We now have the Coffee Connection available on YouTube to watch back later, and then also on Spotify. So there is a Spotify playlist where you can go back and listen to all the Coffee Connections we've had this year. Figured out that most people are not just like sitting at home and have undivided time to watch YouTube. And so it's a little bit easier to throw an AirPod in your ear and listen while you're, you know, doing dishes or dropping off all 20 kids or whatever you have. <laughs> so um, feel free to check us out on either of those um, media methods, modes, whatever is the proper terms there. So again, today we have Alexandria Porter with us. She is going to be discussing breastfeeding and what she makes available to our Central Coast families, and then also just breastfeeding awareness in general. So Alex, can you go ahead and give a little introduction to yourself and what you're doing, how you got started with work? Um, just let everyone know what's going on. Yeah, I'm Alexandria Porter. I'm a certified lactation counselor, and I'm a doula of Labor Love Latch and Birth Within Doula. And um, I've, I'm pretty new to the doula circle. And I got started just wanting to share the positive birth experiences that I've had and to help break down the fears surrounding birth for parents. And real quick, you, um, if, I, if my memory serves me correct, you were a first-time mom with a home birth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that being something that I was like, oh, she did it as a first-time mom. She did the home birth thing. That was really exciting to me when we first connected. So <laughs> it was a great experience. No, it was, uh, as a first-time mom having a home birth, um, there was a lot of questions, people questioning, you know, the safety. And um, I just talked with my midwife about it and, brought the questions to her, she answered them, and we had an amazing birth. And 
since then, my births have been fantastic at home. So, and I'm super excited to be here in uh, the midwife's yes. office, Justine yes. and Aaliyah. And yes. so thankful they let us use the office. Um, but I also decided that I've had fantastic breastfeeding experiences and it's a passion of mine to help other moms have great experiences. And so I became a certified lactation counselor to help parents in those early days and even before they have their baby to educate them on breastfeeding, on the cues to look for and how to latch their baby and, um, and different problems that come up that aren't really problems, but people might interpret them as problems, but they're just a normal part of breastfeeding. So people can be prepared because a lot of parents aren't prepared for um, what the postpartum period looks like. So um, I'm a part of that journey from pregnancy to those first latches and then all the way through weaning. And that's actually something that is a theme of National Breastfeeding Month is every step of the way, giving parents support every step of the way. And we're so lucky to have CCCN as a resource for families because they can find lactation support in our community all the way from Paso down to Orchid um, of lactation counselors, breastfeeding specialists, lactation consultants that they can reach out to and find support wherever they are in their journey. And as members here, we're so lucky that we can just log on to CCCN and find those resources and pass them on to, to our patients, whether we're chiropractors or acupuncturists. Yeah. So it's, it's really a fantastic resource. I think it's been great too, just like the Facebook community that we've built within the membership, right? Being able to go in there and, hey, I have no idea who I should refer my client to for these different things that are going on. Um, do any of you know anyone? And it's like, oh yeah, there's these five resources or, hey, let me check in with someone else and get information back to you. And it's, you know, just that bridging of information that we've been able to build through the network is great. And so I'm excited to share um, a little bit more for with you or hear you share a little bit more about some of those obstacles that you can prepare families for early on through the uh, prenatal visits that you do. Um, so you said you help in the early days, um, beginning with the prenatal care and then all the way through weaning. So, I mean, those relationships can look like anything from a month to a couple of years, depending on how many, how long someone's breastfeeding, right? Yes. Okay. So let's start with, um, the prenatal visits and what you would typically go over or some things that maybe some of our members aren't, um, you know, as, uh, as educated on yet um, that you help talk with families about? Um, one of the biggest barriers to breastfeeding is how unprepared people are for the postpartum period. And they don't know what it looks like yet. Um, and so they, they need to have certain uh, resources available. Um, it's something we talk about at Birth Within is preparing people for the postpartum period. 
making sure there's meal trains and making sure that they know that their baby's going to want to latch and their baby's going to want to nurse every hour and a half to two and a half hours and then you get those breaks. <laughs> if you get those breaks, yeah. I mean, a lot of moms, I mean, practically every mom I talk to says my baby's cluster feeding during the first two weeks. They're cluster feeding. And what that baby's doing is telling the mom's body or the breastfeeding person's body to make more milk and really helping to regulate the amount of milk that that baby needs. And moms can feel touched out and they can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not giving my baby enough. They're constantly wanting more, but this is normal. And so just knowing that that's the norm can set you up for a lot less stress. Right. So that's some setting a proper expectation of what it's gonna look like. Yeah, and it's something you brought up before is that Second day, you know, baby's just been born. First day, they're tired. There's, they need rest. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I have a really fantastic baby. I have a good baby. <laughs> a <very> good baby. <laughs> um, they're sleeping and not crying. And then the next night comes around and that awakening and baby's crying and fussing and wanting to nurse constantly. And you're like, what, what's happening? Yeah. What am I doing wrong? And, and this is normal. So we tell moms to expect that and tell parents to expect that and just support each other and, um, keep trying to latch the baby. And then we talk about feeding cues. A lot of people are gonna try to nurse their baby when their baby's crying, but that's a late feeding cue. And you're gonna have to calm your baby down at that point and then try to nurse your baby. But the first feeding cues are when your baby is asleep and in the REM state, when their eyes are fluttering, if you've ever seen somebody in the REM state and their eyes are fluttering, um, your baby might be bringing their hands to their mouth, still in this very sleepy state. Like that's when people just wanna watch for a little bit, right? And we're like, oh, you're so cute, you're so little, and they're like doing their little nuzzling, yeah. and it's like, no, it, again, setting that expectation or that understanding that no, that's actually letting you know I'm starting to look for food. Mm -hmm. Then it's not so much of like, I'm going to sit here and watch you do that for 10 minutes. I'm going to be a little bit more proactive, right? Yeah, that's when I tell moms that's the best time to offer the breast. Your baby's not angry yet, not even quite awake. But if you offer the breast, they're in a really receptive state at that point. And then the next, you know, if they, if you don't offer the rest, then, then they might awake, get, you know, wake up a little bit more and then still show those rooting cues, hands to the mouth and moving their head around, searching. And that's another good time to offer the breast. And then when they wake up more, showing more cues, you can offer the breast then. But if you let it go past that and the baby gets upset and starts to cry, that's when things get a little bit harder because you're going to have to calm your baby down and they're not really in that receptive state. So, and I feel like at least for me, and you can tell me if it was true for you too, I feel like you start to get to the point where you become less receptive because now you start to be overwhelmed by adrenaline and everything else because as the baby's crying intensifies, for me, it was like all of a sudden just this anxiety mm -hmm. overcame me. So especially 
I mean, third time around, I finally got the hang of it. But if I would have had someone in those first couple of times pointing out the cues and pointing out some of those reminders that early on, this is what you want to catch, um, it would have allowed me to be a little bit more quick to respond and then prevented that stress for me. Did you ever experience that when the babies would like start to go from like the zero to all of a sudden they're at a hundred in like two minutes and they're screaming and it's like, here, it's here, yeah. it's waiting for yeah. you. It affects our hormones and the cortisol levels go up and we're, yes, absolutely. We get stressed out when our babies are crying. So it's not, yeah. it's not a good point for parents or babies to get to that point. So yeah. I love that. So prenatally showing them or explaining to them what those things are going to look like and help both mom and dad, right? Or the partner yeah. or grandma, whoever is helping out, if they know what those cues are because the birthing person's been able to pass that information along, then rather than someone just rocking the baby as they're rooting, mm -hmm. they can be like, oh, baby's actually hungry. Let's go back over to lay down with mom or, you know, get the breast milk bottle ready or whatever we need to do. But we recognize those things. Right, yeah. Instead of having another person, you know, offer a pacifier that the baby might be content with because uh, their their body thinks that they're getting food when they're sucking on the pacifier, they might actually fall asleep, but they're not getting that food. So if the other caretakers in the family know those cues, then they can bring baby to mom. As you just said that, I'm just imagining with this one, my oldest, Audrey being like, oh, that's the cue here. <laughs> Brother, here's a breast, you know? I feel like the girls are all getting to the age where they're recognizing nipple, breast, it all goes together to take care of baby. And so it's just one of those things that's funny. Um, that's with so all the kids, important. but yeah, having caretakers recognize that makes a big difference. Right, and also raising your daughters to see breastfeeding. That's how people learn to breastfeed is by seeing it um, we can educate people about breastfeeding through discussions like this, but we're not empowering women or people to chest feed and breastfeed by just telling them about cues. We really need to be showing our daughters and nieces and family that breastfeeding is normal and that's where food comes from. Um, in the first six months exclusively breastfeeding is the recommendation and continued with complementary feeding up to two years and beyond. Yeah, I love that. Um, can you tell, I mean, I'm sure most of the members on, on this uh, recording and on this call recognize what the benefits are, but can you tell us what are some of your top recommend or some of the top reasons for breastfeeding exclusively for those six, first six months and then beyond um, some of the top uh, reasons? Well, you have a colostrum in the first few days and that sets up baby for so many health benefits. It's just like uber concentrated breast milk um, full of immunities for the baby. And, um, and it's really great for mom to practice breastfeeding with because the milk hasn't come out to, and, it's, and it's sticky and really good for practicing breastfeeding. Um, it's so good for the baby. Breast milk really helps to keep the gut at the right pH. It's 
not as basic as when you're formula feeding. So it prevents baby from getting diarrhea, which can lead to dehydration and some serious um, problem, especially early on, right? I mean, yeah, a dehydrated infant is going to have way more to deal with than a dehydrated 10-year-old. Um, right. We can, we can use different things. Yeah. Um, with the... Um, with the colostrum being our starting point, um, you were talking about how there's so many good uh, antibodies that come into that. And I was reading something not too long ago about how they've tested kids who are breastfed, even just for like a day, they just get the first couple of feeds and that their, I believe it was their blood sugar levels when they were 10 years old were completely different than that of kids who were formula fed from the beginning. So they never got that initial latch, those first couple suckles of colostrum, those, those first couple feeds. Have you seen anything about that yet? Uh, I haven't, I'll have to, I'll yeah. have to check I feel like out. it was one of those things I saw like pop up on Instagram and, and it was like super new. There wasn't a whole lot of information there. So I need to dig on it too, but it was one of those things that's just crazy as more, research is being done on these things it's like just from one feed or just from a week right we always hear well I only breastfed for a week I only breastfed for a couple months and it's like no this research is showing that one feed that one week that every little one counts every drop counts yeah yes awesome um, so this week you were saying is World Breastfeeding Week and we're within National Breastfeeding Month. So do you want to share a little bit more about what that looks like, um, what the goals are, the aims of supporting breastfeeding families and yeah. breastfeeding families? So WABA, the World Associate Alliance for Breastfeeding Action, spearheaded World Breastfeeding Week, and um, the theme is protecting breastfeeding. Uh, WABA is an organization that is dedicated to the promotion, protection, and support of breastfeeding in worldwide, um, something that lactation counselors, consultants, specialists are dedicated to within the community. And so this, this week's theme is protecting breastfeeding, and it's a shared responsibility. And I think it's just so fantastic to have CCCN as a resource so we can point people in the right direction and really share the, the breastfeeding responsibility and how we can help people every step of the way. So um, ways that we can, you know, if even if we're not in the lactation field, we can help our clients say, hey, have you been to a La Leche meeting? It's, you know, you're pregnant right now, you haven't had your baby, but if you go to one of these free meetings, this is a free resource where you can make lasting relationships and learn where resources are and just talk about what to expect, talk about the benefits of breastfeeding. Um, that's just that's so good if we can just point people in that direction or say, hey, have you heard of the Central Coast Breastfeeding Coalition? You should know about this because there's free resources on there where you can call if you need to talk to a lactation consultant, you can call the warm line at French, 
which is they're a baby friendly hospital. Their lactation consultants are so knowledgeable and pro breastfeeding. People can get a lot of good information by just making a phone call or calling the La Leche League leader, Jennifer Stover. And if people want, there's other resources that are so fantastic on there. There's Andrea Heron. There is Lindsay Law on there. There's a list of lactation. There's a list of lactation consultants on there that are going to be fantastic resources for people. So it's our shared responsibility in our community to know where we can send people for that help and that support every step of the way, prenatally, once they've had baby, and in the postpartum period, all the way through weaning. And, um, and then also, if, if you do see a mom who's struggling with breastfeeding, we're in a tough position right now with the pandemic, and that's really affecting people's levels of anxiety and depression. So postpartum depression is on the rise right now, and breastfeeding problems really intensify that. So it's, it's great to have CCCN um, as a resource to know where we can send moms for mental health. I think it was really good too, you touched on um, as the CCCN membership, um, having the availability to recommend resources proactively. Um, and something I had done with a couple of clients too, and Jennifer Stover was doing such a great job of making the virtual space feel so comfortable um, for the allegedly meetings. And so I actually had a friend who was, I want to say she was like 36, 37 weeks pregnant when she started tuning in from Ohio to the La Leche League meetings. And she found comfort in it because I was there with her and could kind of introduce her to the group. But then she reached out to me later and said that she was still attending the meetings. That's um, and so it's like, you know, she was uh, either breastfeeding um, at home or then went back to work and would still tune in on her little AirPod as she was doing her thing. And so just to have that support. And again, she started at like 36, 36 weeks. And so she was seeing that, okay, it's not just going to be a walk in the park. There may be things that I struggle with. Here's where I can come. And these people will have resources and recommendations for me. Um, so I think especially as providers and as, um, you know, acupuncturists, doulas, um, physicians, whatever your role is in this community, just to know that that's a resource that you can refer to and that that does yield positive long-term responses um, is huge. And you, you touched on the, the lifetime relationships that you can build there. Um, you know, that was where I learned to sidelight. There was, I was struggling and there was a mom who laid down in the middle of our allegedly meeting and, uh, in Avila and she was, she's like, well, this is how you do it. And I normally put my hand like this and then you put the baby here and she's like, what? Wait, okay, so show me again, how do you do that? And that's been my jam for the next three kids, you know? So it's like just having that comfort level is yeah. so huge and to feel supported. Um, so I love that that's a big focus with um, protecting breastfeeding and the shared responsibility. The shared responsibility for us would be knowing what we have on the central coast. And fortunately 
for our families and unfortunately for the responsibility I'm about to place on all of our members. Um, there are some foolproof places you can go to to find resources. The Central Coast Childbirth Network, um, the Central Coast Breastfeeding Coalition, um, Personal Plug, Mom Fit Santa Maria. There's so many places where these resources are listed out for you. I mean, you Google search and find Central Coast Breastfeeding Coalition and they have a PDF. You can print it out. You can print out four to one page, cut them in quarters, give them to your clients when they're struggling, put it up in a window, um, have it by your check-in desk. Like there's just, it's ridiculous how easy it can be to help with that responsibility and to get those resources out. I love that idea. I love that idea. Um, and I mean, you talked about the Zoom and allegedly how they're on Zoom right now. And so many people can check in across the country and really find comfort in seeing a friend. Right. And that's just, that's how moms can learn to breastfeed is by seeing other moms do it. And there, there are some great things about Zoom. And as much as we want to be in person right now, obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really nice as a mom to be able to log on to a meeting, a breastfeeding meeting, and you know what, the baby's crying. I'm going to turn off my sound and my screen. <laughs> um, and I'm going to nurse my baby and I'm still going to listen. I'm still going to listen in. So share that with your clients. If they're thinking about breastfeeding, say, hey, if you're pregnant right now, you should go to a allergic week meeting. You should reach out and get some breastfeeding education. And, and it's no pressure, really. Yeah, absolutely. You can always just turn that turn that screen off. Right. It's really <laughs> so nice. Taking all the information yeah, pro right there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so what are some of the other things that um, you will be focusing on and that as a whole um, will love allegedly and other breastfeeding uh, resources are focusing on for this week and for this month? Well, I think it's really good to just talk about what we can do as individuals, what moms can do. We talked about that, how we can breastfeed in front of our family, our um, friends, children, so they see how babies are fed and we really normalize breastfeeding and as a man, if you're not chest feeding and you want to support your breastfeeding partner, you can share those domestic responsibilities with your partner and let them know that they're supported by doing the dishes and saying, hey, you're feeding the baby and, and I'm going to support you by, by helping out in these domestic roles. And as medical professionals, we can encourage breastfeeding after a year. We can encourage um, breastfeeding up to two years and beyond. That's what the World Health Organization says that we should do. So um, in the United States, we say breastfeeding for a year, but in the world, across the world, it's up to two years. It's like looking at our overall demographics and health markers in the United States versus other places. Should probably take recommendations. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's, you know, let's not uh, press the minimum. On yeah, absolutely. Let's let them know that there's so many good benefits to continue your nursing your baby and 
nursing your toddler. Yeah. Our our youngest, Austin, she's uh, two, she turned two in July. And there was some major aversions early on in this fourth pregnancy. And um, I want to say probably around eight to 12 weeks, I was like, no, that's it. Our journey has come to an end. We made it past the one year mark. Like, that's it. And then six, eight weeks go by and she's coming up and she's freaking out and having like one of the worst, I won't even say fits because it was like a, a genuine meltdown, freak out, overwhelmed system. Nothing was soothing her, not rocking, not cuddling her, nothing. Finally, I look at her and I ask, she always uh, sing, or says, uh, verbalizes breast milk as, or breastfeeding as Baba. And so she goes, Baba. <laughs> like, Baba, no, right? we don't do that anymore. You don't need Baba. Baba. And so I'm like, okay, fine. Pull it out. Completely calm. And I look at my husband. I'm like, we haven't done this for almost two months. Like, I, I didn't think we were going back. And he just kind of looks at me. And again, having that partner support you. And he was just like, hands up in the air. Well, you know. And so she isn't breastfeeding all the time. But to know that we still have that. And that that can be one more comfort measure for her. Um, is so important and so helpful for me. Because I know that that's something. One, that I carry with me at all times. So no matter what I'm doing with her. I have that resource. Um, and two, just to know that she's getting those continued little boosts, you know, immunity shots. It's better than a shot of uh, whey grass from Jamba Juice or anywhere else. It's, it's specific to her. Um, and so just being comfortable with the idea, too, of relactating. Um, I feel like that's something that I know I've had a couple of moms talk about where, you know, they haven't, they struggle maybe early on and then around month, so like breastfeeding for um, uh, the first month of life. And then, no, we're gonna go to formula. It's it's just not working for us. And then about two and a half, three month marker, they're like, well, he just kept fussing. And so I attached him, I let him latch and he was just so content. Okay, so do, do you want to keep that as an open option? Do you want that to be like your nightly thing that you can do? especially after you've returned to work and after you're, you're missing out on some of that connection, um, specifically with this one mom. And um, she was like, well, yeah, I think I would like to have that like as a thing I could do. Okay, so yes, you're formula feeding, but we're also gonna help you relactate. We're gonna help make sure that you preserve that bond that you, or that you preserve that um, option. And so also whether that's, early on that's within the six month marker or the one year marker or that's it two and some change you know just knowing that that is something that um, is possible and that we as a community can support right so so lucky that she had you to let her know that that's a possibility yeah. that you've done it yourself yeah it was pretty cool pretty fun <laughs> for the most part we'll see if she starts trying to cluster feed with the newborn come Thanksgiving time. I might not be so keen on it, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see where we go. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> It'll be a great bonding experience or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll just take it for what it is at this exactly. time and we'll see where it goes. Um, so what else do you have? I don't want to keep throwing questions out there. I know you have some things you specifically wanted to touch on today. Um, what are some of your uh, main pieces of information you want to get out to our membership about breastfeeding or uh, the World Breastfeeding Month week or the National Breastfeeding uh, Month, uh, anything else that you want to share with our members?
hydration. Just the importance of, of breastfeeding for maternal health, for baby's health, and it impacts all of us. It's not just for moms and babies. Breastfeeding impacts our environment and it's sustainable. So we are, we're doing good for our environment by encouraging moms to breastfeed and to give them the support they need because they do need a lot of support from their partners, from medical providers, the whole community. So let's be supportive. Let's not ask questions like, are you still nursing your baby? <laughs> you know, you're they're still your toddler, you yeah. know, or how many times are you going to nurse? Um, I don't think that's something that we would be asking, but just to be very careful and, and acknowledge people who are chest feeding, acknowledge people who are exclusively pumping and the importance of this and the, the people who decide that, you know, I'm going to supplement with formula because my baby's not getting enough. They are, they are doing so much important work and to really just congratulate those moms and support them and tell them what a great job they're doing. And, and that's what World Breastfeeding Week is all about is just giving that support to parents. And, and that's definitely the message that I wanted to share today is the importance of it, how, how many benefits there are yes. and that we have a great support system Absolutely. for it. Um, I would love to ask you, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so here we go, um, for a little bit of homework. When I send out this email blast that will include the link to this video, the Spotify link to this uh, recording, could you um, perhaps find a couple of resources for someone who, let's say we have a member who is, they formula fed or they've never been pregnant um, or never breastfed, chest fed, anything like that, so they have very minimal knowledge on breastfeeding. Um, if you could get me something um, from the Legend League or from your own resources, whatever you have, that um, again helps just lay out the benefits of breast milk, whether it's pumped, whether it's direct breastfeeding, chest feeding, whatever it is, um, so that people can have a baseline understanding of why breast milk is so important for mom and baby. Um, for the, the caretaker to be uh, presenting that to baby. Um, and then that way we can just go ahead and send that out as well in case there's someone listening who doesn't quite know all the benefits, who has said, well, formula is fine. Um, well, let's, you know, breastfeeding for one month is fine. Let's just go ahead and stop here and move to formula or let's introduce foods. And while they're eating, they don't need milk anymore. They don't need breast milk anymore. Let's help put some information out there to kind of change that narrative and to yeah. help people understand a little bit more the benefits of getting Absolutely. I mean, I will definitely get a link that tells us about how breastfeeding is going to lower the breastfeeding person's chances of developing ovarian cancer and breast cancer and cardiovascular risk, they're going to lower that, your, your chances of developing type 2 diabetes later in life is going to be lowered, and the longer you breastfeed, the more your chances go down, and for the baby, there's so many similar 
health benefits. And then you also talked about the benefits of not having to wash a bottle. You've always got the breast. You don't need to remember to pack anything. So letting people know the ease of it, although it's not always easy. Um, it is really nice to not have to wash the sterilize extra yeah. dishes. Um, so all the extra water. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be a lot, um, and that in itself can be overwhelming when trying to do trips and outings and things like that. Um, right. When you don't have the attached convenience of yes uh, feeding. I'll also send um, a link to some videos that if you're a care provider and you. Um, need to tell someone how to hand express or how to spoon feed a baby because they're having some issues early on that all send out um, some videos that you can awesome. directly send cool. and, and help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy, one, that we got to be in person. Hopefully we'll be in person with you guys sooner than later because this whole Zoom thing's cool and convenient sometimes, but I miss I miss my people. Um, so thank you so much for coming in today and Me sharing too. with us. And thank you again to Justine uh, Waldrum and Aaliyah Clark of Central Coast Home Birth Midwives and Pure Birth and Kinship Midwifery um, for sharing your office space with us today so that Alexandra and I could get together in person. Um, thank you all for logging in and joining us. And um, unless there's any questions, um, yeah, go ahead, Ashley. I do have a question. I typed it in so I wouldn't forget, but earlier, Alexandria, you had mentioned um, when you do a prenatal with a client, uh, you're, you're really focusing on being able to um, talk with them about early feeding cues so that when they are in those early postpartum days, they're not missing those cues and the baby is too overwhelmed and, and screaming and you have to calm them down. You had mentioned caretakers as well. And so I was wondering um, if when you do those prenatals for breastfeeding education with your clients, would you recommend having um, anyone who is going to be helping out in those early postpartum days, whether it's um, the birthing person and partners, parents or sisters or friends, would you recommend having them come to that visit so that they can learn those early feeding cues as well. Because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's okay, I can calm the baby down or, oh, it's okay, you know, they're, they'll be just fine. Um, having them learn like, oh, this is, this is my cue to hand this baby back to the mother or the birthing person so that they can feed their baby. 100%. I think including a partner on breastfeeding education, childbirth education is so important. And even just for the reason of how much we're able to retain from one of those meetings and, oh, do you remember that she said this? And, um, and absolutely. So the partner knows where their role is. Like, okay, well, she feeds the baby. What do I do? Well, you feed her and you see these cues and that's, if you have the baby, then you should bring the baby fed. And that's super important for anybody who's going to be around to understand the feeding cues and their role and how they can support their, their partner or their person. And, and I absolutely think that's 
so good that you brought that up and people should definitely bring their partners to those meetings and learn about breastfeeding because because it's a shared responsibility yeah. well and it's something too i mean feeding cues are feeding cues right so regardless of if our breastfeeding journey continues on for years or if it's only a week um you know in in the grand scheme of things and we're still wanting to feed the child after one week i mean the partner and the caretaker they still need to know what those cues are so they don't have an angry baby who's increasing their cortisol levels and everything else because they've been giving these cues and have not been responded to so um yeah, actually, I love, I love that question, and I love, like you're saying, the caretakers, the, the support person, the partner, whomever is going to be there um, to be a part of that, to understand what those cues look like. Because, again, if it's direct breastfeeding, if it's a pumped bottle that needs to be fed, if it is a formula bottle, you're still going to be responding to the same cues. I'm still going to be saying, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah. Hey, I need to <laughs> eat. Like, so we can recognize those things early on. I think that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, Ashley, did you have any other questions for us? I do, I do, yeah. Um, so Alexandra, you had mentioned, um, you guys brought up La Leche League, and I was just wondering, are there any active La Leche League Zoom meetings in our area right now? And if so, how often are they happening and where can we find that information? Is that something we can put on our website as a resource for, I know we really need to get on putting resources on our webs back up on our website, but is that something that we could put on our website and post on social media? Yeah, it's something that we can share on social media when the meetings are happening. So Jennifer Stover is our local leader and um, she does meetings every third Thursday of the month. They're usually at 10 o'clock, I believe, and there's Zoom right now. So they're all virtual meetings happening once a month. And moms can also reach out to her email or they can call her for support anytime that a meeting's not happening. And there's going to be another leader in the area soon in Santa Maria. So we're going to have another meeting, probably another virtual one. And that should be happening in the next couple months. And we should be able to share that information with you. And, and yeah, and we'll have to post that along with the other resources when these meetings are happening. So people know when they can send people to the the meetings. Um, and Jennifer Stover, I know for a little bit she was trying um, park meetups um, for the La Leche League meetings. Do you know, I haven't kept up with them recently to know if um, they're still being, if she's still hosting them in person at a park and Zoom simultaneously. I know she was trying to figure that out. Yeah, she was trying to do that and really hoping that the Leche League International was going to approve the in-person meetings, but as of now, we are still doing virtual okay. meetings and no park meetings for La Leche League right now or not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we were hoping to get those back in person, but that's what's been hard too with uh, the Central Coast Childbirth Network is there's certain certain protocols we have to follow to keep compliance with our nonprofit status. And yeah. so making sure that based on the recommendations and requirements that we're staying in accordance and not getting ourselves in trouble. Even though we want to see you all and hug you all and pass yeah. around paper business cards and all the things. 
Um, all right, Ashley, did you have any more questions for today? Um, no, I don't want to take up any more time. I'll just talk <laughs> to Alexandria separately about my own personal stuff. It's fine. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for your questions today and for tuning in. And if you do have any other questions, um, Alexandria, what would be a couple of ways for them to get a hold of you? the best ways um you can log on to laborlovelatch.com and my number and my email are on there as well as in um, birthwithandula.com you can find me there or cccn um so you can find me in those three places awesome now. thank you all right well thank you guys so much we will see you for our next event with caitlin johnson on fertility and pcos Thank you. Bye.